They say the gods made us in their image. We think of this as a blessing. We think of ourselves as mighty and just, a mirror of the splendor we see in them. Not once do we consider the evils we inherited from them too. Welcome listeners to the Facades of Gods, a no-show radio production. With me tonight, I have... I'm Alex, and I play Giselle McNamara, formerly Harris, formerly Pascal. My name is Bianca Zelda, and I will be playing Jada Jacques. My name is Ethan Schaff, and I'm performing as Clarence Bertram. And I am Kyle, your master of fate tonight. Giselle McNamara. The evening is warm, as typical summers are, and the gentle breeze tangles itself through your hair, kissing the back of your neck and promising comfort in the sweltering days to come. The heel clicks as you walk the pavement up to the club doors, command the attention of the other Chicagoans wandering the path. They're stunned, but then again, who wouldn't be taken aback in the presence of the notorious? A boulder of a man in a cheap but otherwise nice suit opens the door with a scarred hand. The club beckons you in, accompanied by the harmonic stylings being put on display. Its slight haze alongside the reds, blues, and consequently purples streaming down from the house lighting makes finding your way in the shadows feel like you're walking through a dream. The next set's about to begin. Miss McNamara, please describe yourself. All right. I look fabulous. I'm trying to think the, the best celebrity twin for myself would be Miss Anne Hathaway. Dark hair, doe eyes, pouty lips. I'm wearing a short dress, a little bit of drop, drop neck to it, low back. It shimmers. Not quite sequins, but definitely shiny. I have a big fur coat on despite the heat, and I'm sure to hand that off to the very first help I can find. And I believe the shoes I'm wearing are brand new. And I'll probably donate them after tonight, too. The first man you see as you enter takes your coat, as he normally does, wordlessly smiling. And you make your way over to your usual seat. The waiter comes over to you. They don't usually do this. Not not for everyone for some of their more distinguished guests. The the usual, ma'am? Oh, yes, please. And out of curiosity, what would be her usual drink? A lemon drop. Oh, very Martini, nice. Martini, not the shot. Could just bring both. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> he has his pen and paper out, but he doesn't need to write anything down. The bartender's already making it. Everyone knows their role in this. The sounds of the club are as dreamy as the rest of the atmosphere. The music being put on display by Mr. Bertram is... calming. It's not as rowdy as it sometimes is later in the evening. But the band's just getting warmed up. They're lulling the crowd for now. 
they'll wake them up soon enough. Clarence, you've been performing at this club for a while. The Mad Cat's been your home for maybe a few months, maybe longer. Kind of hard to keep track. Most of the days string together when you're playing and also fearing for your life from under the thumb of some of the less uh, admirable of the city's people. It's kind of hard to see the, the crowd. The lights are always a little bit blinding, but that comes as a comfort. As you begin your next set, what's going through your mind? So, I'm just looking out at the crowd, seeing how much they're paying attention to me, knowing that full well soon that they'll have all their eyes on me, knowing that I'm going to give them an escape from their normal petty lives. So, you've come out of the green room not too long ago. Maybe 20 minutes ago? It's, again, hard to tell when you get worked into your song. But you know who's back there. You know you don't want to be back there. Not right now. And you do know that you overheard someone talking giving very specific instructions. But we'll come back to that. Miss Jada. Yes. The precinct reeks of stale coffee and cheap menthols. Lieutenant Murphy is the spitting image of a cherry that's decided to perch itself atop a melting vanilla cone. He seems to be fuming over another one of Officer Dalton's paperwork blunders. Then again, angry is Murphy's natural state of being. The bullpen is awash with loose paperwork and grime trudged in by the rabble. Some piece of trash is too stoned to realize he's cuffed to Wharton's desk and keeps trying to walk off. And Rodriguez is going on and on about his most recent trip to Miami. So to say, it's another normal day. What are you doing? I'm typing up a report. However, the keyboards that they've given us are so old and so used and kind of sticky that every time I'm typing the letter A, it just A all down my report and I'm pressing my fingers into my temple. I want to go home. This has been a long day, but I can't get more words out than the letter A. It's not too long working through the errors of your keyboard. Before that whoever it is that's been cuffed to the desk finally decides to do something about it and he starts pulling the desk across the bullpen another one of the rabble is going to take notice of this he is taking notice of this he decides that now's the time to start yelling at the top of his lungs Where's my lawyer? I want out of here. What are you looking at? You got something to say? Oh yeah, my lawyer. I want to call my lawyer right away. And he just keeps going on and on about the first thing that comes to his mind. He's making more and more of a scene. And the guy next to him says, Would you fucking shut up? 
I've had a hangover for God knows how long. He stands up. Even though he's cuffed, they didn't seem to worry about him going too much of anywhere. And he kicks the guy in the in square in the chest. Fight starts to break out. Not many of the officers seem to pay too much mind to these two losers duking it out. What do you do? I look over at my co-workers and as expected their motivation level has exceeded new heights. I'm going to stand up. Okay, everybody stop. And I'm going to slam my fist on my desk. Do I get anybody looking in my direction? The guy who's stoned is looking at you with this mildly gleeful expression on his face, but he hasn't stopped moving the desk. Uh, the other two... The, the ones who are fighting, they stop momentarily, and the guy who is kicked in the chest is now rolling on the floor trying to get back up, because it's a little hard to do without your hands. And he says, Look, lady, I don't care. I just want my... And before he can finish, the other guy kicks him in the side of the face. Okay, that's enough. You sit down, you lay down, and you shut up. And I'm going to try and handle this situation. All right. So how would you like to, quote unquote, handle this? Are you just going to uh, keep trying to kind of brandish your your ferocity? Or do you want to lay hands on it, people? Oh, I'm laying hands on them. Oh, hell yes. I've got to get this violent person from... St- like He's kicking, kicking this other civilian. I can't have this in my precinct. I've got this stoned asshole who's just spouting nonsense I need him to stop talking and then that piece of shit on the ground he needs to get up and sit down and stop alright so who are you addressing first the stone guy the guy who's still standing or assailant yes the one who's still standing okay he sees you walking over and he spits on the ground in front of you I'll say you have one action you can do. It looks like he's actually about to kick again. He's going to kick the guy on the ground. Like, I've got my arm on his shoulder, and I'm going to take his legs out from underneath him. So in that moment where he is... He's got no legs underneath him, I'll have the momentum to push him into those terrible plastic chairs that we make everybody sit in. All right. Go ahead and roll me a thing for that, please. Am I adding anything to this? My well, f- yeah, it's, I'm being forceful. Yeah, it sounds like um, you're being forceful, so you my, can yeah. use that approach. Okay, I'm very grateful for my forceful nature. Uh, that is a plus two. Okay. He, as he mentioned, he's got a hangover, and so this isn't too terribly difficult a task. Uh, he goes down grunting, but otherwise compliant. The other guy is rolling around in pain. He's not saying much of anything anymore. And you still hear the desk being drug across the pin. Whose desk is he trying to drag? Officer Wharton. Uh, Wharton does not seem to be in the bullpen right now. Most of the people that you lay your gaze upon, uh, that you work with, I should say, 
you know they're good people, but it's it's hard to pick anyone out of a crowd who hasn't at one point or another been corrupted by their time working beat. As a result, there is a certain lack of respect among us, but I still show up to do my job. So when I see this just stoned asshole still trying to pull on that desk, I'm going to stomp over there. Is it only one of his hands that are handcuffed mm-hmm. to the desk? It's just the one. Okay. I'm going to grab him by the shoulder swivel him around and do we have rolly chairs in my office sure yeah yeah pull the rolling chair and shove him into the chair sir sit down shut up i don't want to hear it oh wow you're real loud but i guess hey and he starts like swiveling back and forth as far as his arm will kind of let him you, you wouldn't happen to have my my bag, would you? I I need it. I need it. I, I really need it. I'm going to rub my temples a little bit more. And after a thought, I'm going to pull out my handcuffs, grab his other hands, and handcuff them to the opposite side of the table so he's not moving at all. His arms are now spread pretty wide. And you're just going to uh, leave him like that? Yeah, yeah. All right. So you make your way back over to your desk and dropped in front or on top of your keyboard, broken though it may be, it's still sort of functional, is a manila envelope. There's no, it's not like a envelope that I would recognize with like, you know, the post return address where it's like back to the... It's it's unmarked. Uh, but it's one of like the standard ones that uh, you would use just for keeping documents together in, in the office place. Uh, it's one of the standard ones that you use in your precinct. Okay, I'm going to look around, just kind of eyeballing everybody who's still around here, and then I'm going to take the envelope and open it. Inside, you see a blank square of paper. Uh, it's not perfectly square and it looks a little worn on the edges it's kind of soft seems familiar for some reason but it's blank there's also a sheet in there you recognize this as one of your father's reports it's a list of information targeting one Frederick Lloyd You know this person. There are few who don't. He's claimed to be king of the gangs there in the city. Self-proclaimed, but it's not too terribly far from the truth. There's evidence against him. It's fairly old, but it's still within the statutes to be used against him. There's also, at the bottom of the sheet, handwritten, McNamara question mark involvement question mark I'm trying to think back I read the newspaper this morning on the subway McNamara ugh McNamara that's that woman I'd done that case with 
Can you confirm my memory? Yes, this is the same woman. Uh, you recognize that there's probably very little chance that it's anyone else because your father was very familiar with I'm sorry, correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, but he was the DA or... Running for DA. He was running for DA. Uh, It was actually pretty big local news. Especially when he passed. There was only ever one suspect on file. Though they never seemed to quite get much against her. You'd seen her once before. Actually met her. It was, it was back at that charity ball. What do you remember from the charity ball? I remember how much I didn't want to be there, but I mean, my dad always taught me that I had to have a good public face. There was the image you let everybody see, and that didn't really have to be the type of person you were, but as long as the public recognized you like that, that's who you were. So I attended those balls. And McNamara, I think her and I made eye contact just briefly while grabbing a drink. Their crowd was moving all around us. There was just noise and shoulders and bodies. And we had kind of a moment where, had I known who she was at the time, I mean, I can't say as I would have respected her, but she just kind of understood how horribly alone I felt in that crowd of people. And then we separated. And then I saw her name on the news and I remembered that she might be a piece of trash. So there are a couple names that come up. Now, McNamara was written by hand. The rest of this report is typed up. There is a name that comes up several times. One that you're also very familiar with. It was your dad's CI. It's your CI. Seems that, uh, maybe worth one more visit. With another look around the office, I'm trying to figure out who put this on my desk, but everybody looks busy and bored. And I don't need to be here. I'm gonna look down at my computer screen. My report is mostly finished. I sit down really quickly. I type up the conclusion. Everything looks in order. Add it to the, uh, to my completed pile and send it to my superior. I pick up my coat from around my chair. I don't need to say goodbye to anybody. Nobody cares. And I'm gonna leave. As you're walking out, Dalton looks like he's about to say something, but he stops himself. And then he, he catches up with you. Do, do I need to... Do you need me to come with? I, I, I have to Delton. fix some... Yes? Stop. Go sit down. I don't need your help. Oh. Okay. Uh, I, I, got, I got plenty of things that I need to fix anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go read over my report. Make sure it looks right. Yep. Will do. Will do. Goodbye. See you later. And he just kind of screws back over to his desk. Miss Giselle, you've been sitting at the club for a while. 
the night's gotten a little livelier. What have you been doing other than drinking and maybe watching and listening to, or sorry, uh, listening to Clarence's soothing dulcet uh, tones? Well, I don't smoke too often, only when I'm being social. That being said, I'm definitely on my third clove. They're a little longer, skinny, wrapped in black paper, of course. And I've been watching the crowd. Usually there's no one of interest. But I'm always hopeful. Can you then give me a roll? Just to see if you can pull anyone out of the crowd. Okay. I'm trying to think of the right way of phrasing it. It's like a step below bedroom eyes. It's just everyone I make eye contact with. There's a little wink. There's a nod. There's the coy head on shoulder. Oh, who are you? Go ahead and give me the roll. Okie dokie. I have a plus three. So you're looking around. Most of the people are boring. Most of these people usually are boring. You heard that there's some activity that usually goes on in this club, but either you're just not here when it happens, or it's not in the house where it takes place. You see a well-dressed man, nicer than what most people dress for this club. You dress so elegantly all the time, no one thinks you're very out of place. He stands out. You cast your gaze across at him, and you catch his eye momentarily. He walks through a back door in the club, somewhere into the back. It's a place that's usually only uh, reserved for staff, but he's interesting. Very, very interesting. Can't put your finger on why, though. I think over the the din of the music, I'm still going to snap my fingers for the wait staff that happens to just always be, you know, garçon. Mm. And I'll wave them in closer so that way I can whisper in their ear. Again, not needed, but sure is fun. Who's that? Who's that man that is in the suit? Looks well. He looks well. Oh, well, it He's one of our preferred guests. Uh, They reserve places here sometimes for meetings. Um, He's he's got business. They're they're conducting business, and uh, he the the waiter that you're talking to. He kind of looks around, kind of shiftily. And I, I think that's all I really should say about it. And then he kind of picks up the, the empty glass on your table. Uh, well, after setting down, of course, a fresh one. <laughs> and he returns to the bar. I don't have a chance to kind of grab at him before he leaves. Yeah, is there something that you wanted to say before he did? Oh, yeah, no, that guy's lying. And I need to know the real answer. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Is there, like, a uniform or anything? Or is it just that they're wearing button-up, kind of? Um, so, the Mad Cat has a 
quote unquote dress code of having a button down with a black vest and slacks. Color is usually not important. Um, house lighting normally kind of drowns everything out. But okay. that's a, that's about what you're seeing. All right. I had this great visual of her like grabbing the tie. So that way she can, it, it's, it's probably peeking out just a little bit out of the vest. Mm-hmm. And she'll slip like two fingers behind it so her thumb can grab the other side of it and take hold. Nathan, darling, why am I not a preferred guest? Don't I spend enough money here? Oh, I, uh, of course, ma'am. Of, of course. It's it's just those kinds of people, they're, they're usually known for rough dealings. And I didn't want you to get hurt. I... I think that, uh, I think it would just be best if, you know, you left them alone. I I can, I can, I can talk to the house manager and we can set you up with your own room maybe some other night. She's going to pull on the tie a little tighter. I like to play rough, Nathan. I want to get back there tonight. Clarence, you see the man has described before. He gives you a slight nod as he walks towards the back room. He seems to stop at the door and cast a look over his shoulder momentarily before walking through. He looked at her. Is she involved? Either way, you know that Mr. Lloyd is about to start his business. And things usually don't go quietly with him. Thank you for joining us. Tonight, we had... I'm Alex, and I play Giselle McNamara. You can find me on Twitter and any other social media at Roll for Alex. Bianca Zelda, playing Officer Jada Jacques. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, pretty much any social media as at Bianca Zelda. My name is Ethan Schaub. I play as Clarence Bertram, and you can find me anywhere that matters with the sign E.T. Shop. I'm Kyle, and you can find me on Twitter at LordKyleK. This has been a No Show Radio production.